0: Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 347. The write-up for last week's episode 346 on Inherit the Wind is available on the website. Okay, I'm going to switch gears today. I think no summer movie series would be complete if I didn't share one movie that I happen to appreciate which almost no one else does. So I was thinking about this. I don't want to just cover four- and five-star movies that are pretty universally loved. I also want to share the one movie which I appreciate, which a lot of people don't. And uh, today's movie, I'm going to talk about 1978's Oliver Story. Uh, It's an obscure film. Many of you probably have never heard of it or seen it. You probably, though, have heard of the first movie, that it is a sequel to, which is 1970s Love Story. So just to give you a little synopsis of Love Story, it was a quintessential fairy tale. In fact, a lot of uh, articles have written that it was a modern-day Ju- Romeo and Juliet story about a well-to-do um, Harvard student uh, named Oliver Barrett IV who falls in love with a working-class um, music major named Jennifer Cavallari, played by Allie McGraw, They have this whirlwind romance and they end up getting married against all odds. And uh, spoilers, if you haven't seen Love Story yet, which by the way is streaming on Prime so you can catch it now, I do recommend watch it first before listening to this uh, episode. But at the end of the episode, um, as they're kind of making their way and struggling and finally um, Oliver finishes law school, they move to New York, they're starting their life together. Uh, Jenny becomes very ill and passes away. So Oliver's story uh, came out eight years later. Now, the thing you should know about Love Story is that it was a box office juggernaut. I I wasn't alive at the time it came out. Uh, This was uh, years before I was born. But my parents absolutely loved it. And just to give you some context... Uh, it grossed $173.4 million, which in a f- inflation-adjusted numbers is the equivalent of $1 billion today. So think about it as big uh, a hit as a Marvel superhero movie, or if you want an apples-to-apples comparison, it was like the Titanic of its time. It was just part of the cultural zeitgeist. The movie had a sequel, which is what I'm talking about today, Oliver's Story and uh, it was not loved by critics or by audiences. However, after having watched it uh, a couple of times, I've seen the original Love Story uh, several times, and then I I found out that it had a sequel, and I was curious to see what happened in it. I actually happen to appreciate Oliver's story, and I will do my best to uh, explain why and and defend Oliver's story in its own right. Love Story, again, is the quintessential fairy tale uh, of 1970. It, it it really is a love story. It, it, I mean, it's a movie that actually has the name of, that uses the genre as its name. Uh, Oliver's Story, though, is a much different film. And that's one of the reasons why I appreciate it. They did not try to replicate uh, the original film. It is a film quintessentially about grief. And it picks up at the beginning, right from the end of Love Story. In fact, it opens up at uh, Jenny's funeral. And we see a despondent, Oliver. And essentially, the movie is about him trying to pick up the pieces of his life. And I think that's one of the reasons why I do appreciate this movie. Because I think it explores grief. And not many movies do this. Not many TV shows do this. Whenever a character, especially one that uh, means so much to someone, passes away, typically grief is something that maybe will be spent an episode or a couple of scenes on, and then the rest of the movie is about the person trying to move on with their life. Oliver's story does something different. It really shows the day-to-day struggle of someone dealing with the loss of someone who meant so much to them. And that's one of the reasons why I actually appreciate Oliver's story. In fact, I'm going to give a little bit of spoilers here. By the end of the movie, Oliver has gone through a lot, but he's still in his grief. And it's maybe about, I'd say, a year, a year and a half has passed, but he's just starting to get a handle of on it. And that just shows how raw... The, the emotions were and, and how big of a loss this was. And I think that's something I applaud the movie for. It's obviously not going to resonate as much as a fairy tale. This is really more about the the somber reality of what happens after you lose someone who's so close to you. So let me give you a rundown of the cast. Uh, You have in the lead, Ryan O'Neill. He plays Oliver Barrett IV, and uh, the same character, it's the same actor from the first movie, Love Story. You have a new character, Candace Bergen, who plays uh, Marcy Bonwit, who is a new love interest for uh, Oliver. Uh, Ray Milland uh, returns as Oliver Barrett III from the first film. He plays Oliver's father. They had a falling out and a very strained relationship uh, because uh, Oliver got involved with Jenny. Uh, Edward Binns plays Phil Cavallari. He is uh, Jenny's father and Oliver's uh, father-in-law. And he takes over the role from John Marley. And then uh, in a supporting role, you've got Charles Hayde who plays Steve Simpson, who was uh, Oliver's former uh, college friend. And uh, both movies are based on novels by Eric Segal, And... Uh, I will say here 's why i don 't think oliver 's story resonated with critics or audiences number one it 's not love story you 're not going to get the whirlwind romance. In fact, one of the criticisms i 've read is that Oliver and Marcy uh, don 't have a whole lot of chemistry. I actually disagree. Marcy is just a very different character than Jenny was. Jenny was a working class girl. She was a music major. She had all this spirit and she was the perfect counterpoint to Oliver. And, uh, and you know, in many ways just kind of kept him balanced. Marcy is very similar to Oliver's background in that she's very successful. In fact, the name Bonwit is actually, uh, a a reference to the uh, the department store in New York. I don't know if it exists anymore, Bonwit Tellers. And uh, she is revealed to be uh, the CEO running the entire company. So that's another thing that I think was very forward thinking was to have a very strong female character who was successful in her own right. And I think in this movie what's interesting is that you see the tables turn. Oliver is the one who I think feels a little intimidated being with with Marcy and then uh you also have in Oliver's story uh things that you typically don't see uh especially at that time Oliver is is seeing a therapist trying to get a handle on his life how does he how does he exist day to day without Jenny how does he date as he starts to get to know Marcy i mean all these questions that he has and he's wrestling with this guilt and with uh all of these unresolved feelings and the reconciliation, there is a, a reconciliation, and it's not an easy one with his father, which I think makes this movie unique. The first movie, they you just see how much Jenny uh, caused a rift between father and son. And even at the end of Love Story, they come to some sort of understanding, but it's not a full resolution. And that carries over into this. There's a bit of a strained relationship but i think one of the the beautiful things about oliver's story is that we get to know a little more about the father and we get to see the human side of him and there is a reconciliation it doesn't come easy or, or even necessarily naturally but it, it happens and i think it's one of the surprises of this movie i will say i think this movie uh, tackles a lot of interesting themes It's not a perfect film, and I do have some criticisms of it, and I I acknowledge why it didn't resonate. But I think it's a bold movie. It deals with grief. It deals with uh, loss, something we don't see very often. And it also deals with uh, a reconciliation between father and son. So I would say if you have seen Love Story... It is worth checking out Oliver's Story. Just go in with the expectation that it's going to be a very different film with a very different focus. You can actually catch Love Story right now on Amazon Prime. Oliver's Story is a little bit harder to find. It's it's not one that is streamed very often. So I recommend check Hoopla to see if it's available at your library. Uh, And I'll also have affiliate links if you want to purchase it or rent it on Amazon. Let me wrap up by giving the good and the bad. The good, I'd say the performances, uh, I think are fairly solid. The themes of the film, as I mentioned before, dealing with grief—something you don't see very often—I think is is handled fairly well in this movie. And the score—I think the musical score of this film is is very different than the first one, and it it's very somber, and I think it fits with the tone of the uh, of the film itself. In terms of the bad, some of the casting is very uneven. I like that they kept the continuity with certain characters like uh, Ray Millen uh, reprising his role as Oliver's father. In fact, if anything, he should have had more of a role. I think they should have explored the reconciliation even more so. Uh, however, some of the casting was completely uh, jarring. Uh, Edward Binns is so different than John Marley. Uh, as Phil Cavallari, that uh, they almost they feel like two different characters. It's just two very different interpretations. Similarly, other minor characters like uh, Oliver's mother is played by a completely different actress, who is so different than the actress who played her in the first movie, as well as Charles Hayde as Steve Simpson. That that's kind of a bizarre one because Simpson was a uh, uh, played in a, almost a cameo brief role by a very young Tommy Lee Jones in the first one. Charles Hayde looks nothing like Tommy Lee Jones. If anything, he looks more like uh, Oliver's uh, roommate, uh, Ray Stratton from the first one. And in fact, for the longest time, that's who I thought it was until I, I heard that he was called Simpson. So there's certain casting decisions that made this movie not connect well. Other things do, I think the fact that uh, you have Oliver's father, uh, I think actually serves as a nice segue, but uh, some of the characters are not, the casting is a little bit off. I think the movie's a little half baked. There are some great themes that I think could have been developed into an even better movie. The movie doesn't quite know how to end, it just sort of ends and so i I think with a few more uh rewrites i think this movie could have been really something special and there are a couple of things that are a little um unrealistic uh oliver is working as a an an attorney in a big law firm but it looks like based off of the way the the scenes play out he's primarily doing pro bono work and uh in 2021 that's something that's very progressive today you, you see a couple of law firms that that have dedicated pro bono departments, not so much in 1978. I think it would have been more realistic if uh, if they had had Oliver maybe leave the firm and, and go join a nonprofit. But that's just a minor nitpick of the story. All right, in terms of my rating, I'll give this one a three and a half out of five stars. Some of you may find that generous. I do think that this movie uh it, it it isn't love story and it's it's never going to be as loved or as famous as its uh, pre, as its predecessor but i do think it is a movie that uh has some important themes and uh, can stand on, on its own right all right the write up for this episode will be available soon on the website i'll be back next week have a great week and a great weekend